After NDP leader Jagmeet Singh blasted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Pierre Polyev for favoring rich investors in the housing market, Canadians are blasting the NDP leader because it turns out Singh's wife owns a rental property in Burnaby that is earning income. Liberal MPs are not happy with the current status of the Liberal Party under the leadership of Justin Trudeau. Health Canada has given the green light to a Bill Gates-funded soil fungus fake meat company. Hello Canada, it's Monday, August 21st, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Ili Quentin-Antel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is under fire on social media after a government asset review showed that his wife owns a rental property in Burnaby, British Columbia that is earning income. This comes as Singh blasted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Pierre Polyev for favoring rich investors in the housing market. Singh tweeted, quote, None of this is an accident. Conservatives and liberals have let rich investors use housing as a get-rich-quick scheme. Now their greed is so out of control that a 200-square-foot apartment is going for 2000 a month. Housing news outlet Better Dwelling called out Singh on X, formerly known as Twitter, over the rental property. The outlet tweeted, quote, Dang ol' rich conservative and liberal real estate investors, on an unrelated note, congrats to your spouse on the new rental property. According to disclosures dated June 23, 2023, under the Conflict of Interest Code for members of the House of Commons, Singh's spouse has sole ownership of a rental property located in Burnaby, British Columbia, with Singh as the guarantor for spouse's mortgage with RBC. Additionally, his spouse's sole source of income over the next 12 months is listed as rental income. Singh, who represents the riding of Burnaby South, first moved to the area with his wife Gurkaran Kar Singh in 2018. True North reached out to Singh's office to ask how much his wife was charging for rent and how many people lived on the property, but did not receive a response by the deadline given. So, Ellie, this is quite a big blow to Singh. Here he is, you know, constantly talking about the woes of the housing market, you know, how, how much stress renters face. But his wife is making a profit from the current housing market. Do you think there's a contradiction here in terms of how he's living his life compared to some of the views he spouses? Oh, 100%. Look, I think Jagmeet Singh's conduct can easily be compared to one of a champagne socialist. In fact, many people do call Jagmeet a champagne socialist because he constantly talks about taxing the ultra-rich, who, by the way, already pay more than half of their income in taxes, which I think is personally theft, but he thinks they should pay even more. Uh, to my knowledge, he's the only federal leader to own two Rolex watches. He wears $2,000 bespoke suits, has a BMW and several designer bicycles. When he made a photo with his wife at some point, we had reported at True North that his wife was wearing a Zimmerman dress that was over $1,000. So no, it, they don't practice what they preach. And this is just the latest example. His party wants to make it harder for Canadians 
to get rental properties, which are a great way to make income. But he, meanwhile, is allowed to get a rental property, just like he's allowed to have a lavish lifestyle. To me, it sounds a little bit hypocrite, but I will let the viewers decide what they make of it. Ellie, as you know, True North's uh, Lindsay Shepard reported that a total of 41% of Trudeau's recently appointed cabinet were landlords, and that's up from 31% during the last cabinet. So when you constantly see how many people in government are profiting off the current situation, uh, do you think Canadians can trust that politicians are taking the housing crisis seriously? I don't think they are taking it seriously. Look, Justin Trudeau has been in power for almost eight years and the prices of homes has gone so much. We were building more homes when Canada had a population of two million people than we do today. And, and, and that is so absurd. That is so, so absurd. And they have not taken it seriously. Why are developers still facing red tape? Why are they still getting applications canceled? The reality is, is the activist left has a disdain for developers, a disdain for landlords, and we need both landlords and developers if we want more housing and cheaper housing. So ideology is getting in the way. And, and as you said, if they're all landlords, there appears to be some sort of conflict because most of these people are wealthy, they all own homes. So it's not an issue that they feel personally as politicians, the way they may feel some other issues that Canadians feel. But I, I do think it's disappointing that we've gotten to a place where in Vancouver, a tiny little room in the downtown east side is $2,000 a month, where a little house in Niagara is $500,000. It, it really is disappointing that we've gotten there. As Prime Minister Justin Trudeau enters his eighth year leading the Liberal Party of Canada, he is struggling to keep morale high within his caucus due to the recent cabinet shuffle and a drop in the polls according to sources within his party. Several members of the Liberal Party spoke anonymously with the Toronto Star, with one Liberal MP comparing the current state of their caucus to that of Kathleen Wynne's Ontario Liberal government in 2018, the year they were defeated in a landslide election. National polls have shown that Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has surpassed Trudeau in previous weeks, causing unrest and frustration amongst Liberal MPs. One MP said, quote, I'm sensing a lot of frustration. People are starting to question, do I want to keep taking the beating I'm taking? Another MP wondered whether or not Trudeau's office has any concern for what the Liberal caucus thinks, saying that the party must stop defining itself so much by Trudeau's leadership and focus more on a centrist approach to economic policy. The source also said that although morale was low before the cabinet shuffle, it has gotten worse, referring to the shuffle as, quote, lipstick on a pig. The Liberal MP did say that the vast majority of members do still support Trudeau's leadership, however, and that they're driven out of their mutual and that they're driven out of their mutual dislike for Polyev and his politics. Members of the Liberal front bench are headed to Charlottetown PEI this week for a three-day retreat to strategize how they will bring down the high cost of living. So Cosman, this is not the first story with insider information about what's going on in the Liberal caucus. There was one last year after Polyev won the leadership uh, where Liberal MPs were wanting the party to be less woke. There were several uh, cases of Liberal Party members challenging Trudeau's mandates when he, he had the mandates in place in caucus and actually outside of caucus, as we saw with Joel Lightbound. To me, this sounds like the beginning of the end 
for the Trudeau government. What do you think? Do you think he would be able to turn things around? I mean, this is a guy who won two elections being scandal ridden. Do you think he can do it a third time? Well, the pressure is definitely ramping up, uh, whether it's going to be from within the party or voters giving Trudeau the boot. I think that is still yet to be seen. We're seeing the polls, you know, they're like 10 points behind the conservatives. That could change. Uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. I mean, the government is dealing with, uh, you know, aiding evacuations in certain areas due to the wildfires. So perhaps there might be a bump in the polls there, depending on how Justin Trudeau handles this. But I do think that uh, there is pressure mounting within the party. And I think that dissent is going to become a bigger problem uh, over the next year or so for this government. Health Canada has given the green light to an alternative protein company funded by billionaires Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos that turns a fungus found in soil and plants into edible meat and protein substitutes. According to an information bulletin, Health Canada notified Nature's Find, formerly known as Sustainable Bioproducts, that it can sell its novel food products in Canada for human consumption. Phi protein, as it's officially known, is a fungus called Fusarium stain flovilapis, which was uncovered by the company in a NASA-supported study on life in extreme environments. Extracted from the geysers of Yellowstone National Park, Phi protein is being turned into alternative chicken and other products. The company has received millions in support from the likes of billionaires Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, and Michael Bloomberg, and financing has been led by Al Gore. Nature's Find has been able to raise a total of $158 million in funds and has already been used in meatless breakfast patties and cream cheese products. Groups like the World Economic Forum have promoted the idea of alternative proteins, including those sourced from insects, as being a potential solution to climate change. Canada has already seen one major facility operate in London, Ontario, devoted to creating edible cricket proteins to be used in dog food. According to Aspire Food Group, the company hopes to open a second factory and branch into products for human consumption. So Ellie, to start, I want to ask you, and I want you to give me an honest opinion, will you be eating this product? So Cosman, I am not opposed to vegetarian foods. I actually grew up on a very organic diet that had some vegetarian foods and tofu. And I do think that a lot of people have stereotypes of vegetarian food being disgusting. And I found that you can actually find some good vegetarian food. That being said, I will not indulge on principle into the culinary experiments of people like Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, or other globalist elites, because Quite simply, I don't want to give in to what they want us to do. They have an agenda. They don't want people to eat meat because the vegan agenda says that meat causes climate change and they want people on these alternative diets. However, I don't think that they will be eating bugs. In fact, when our 
colleague Andrew Lawton was in Davos, there were no bugs served at the World Economic Forum. There was lots of meat and other products. So no, I will not be trying this. And it doesn't actually sound very appetizing. One of the major arguments people use to justify these uh, alternative meat products is that it's going to offset some of the emissions caused by the traditional meat industry, you know, from from um, cows and, and whatnot. But we've seen with other companies like the uh, Impossible Company and, and, and other alternatives to meat that they're actually not doing so well. It seems like it was a fad where there was, you know, a higher volume of people switching to these products. But now that fad has faded and these companies are actually struggling to continue. So are these arguments, like, do these arguments make sense to you, Ellie? Do you think that people en masse, you know, traditional meat consumers are going to switch to more sustainable fake meat alternatives? That's a good question. I think that if somebody wants to reduce their personal meat consumption, I mean, go ahead, there may be some health benefits to that, but there's also some tremendous health benefits to eating red meat, for example. I think that what this may try to offset is Bill Gates and Bloomberg and Soros's and all these other billionaires' private jet emissions. Bill Gates owns four private jets and private aviation, if you fly private, you're polluting 10 to 20 times more than if you were to fly commercial and 50 times more than if you were to use another transportation method at the World Economic Forum. One in attendees takes a private jet. If they actually want to fight climate change, they need to look at themselves. These people will limit more in a day sometimes than a middle class person will in an entire year. Yet they're expecting us to change their lifestyle. The top 1% are the biggest polluters. And if they want us to change our lifestyle, they better lead by example. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.